Praise the Lord. It's good to see everybody. And uh, we're going to continue on with our, our series. We, we managed to get about halfway through a lesson last week, and uh, I ran out of time because I had more notes than I had time. So we're going to continue where we left off. Who can remember what we were speaking about last week? We were speaking about altar building, remember? Who can remember what the foundation of the altar was? Maybe I need to go back and do my lesson all over again. We're talking about how the foundation of the altar is built on God's Word. And we talked about how we needed to be in God's Word every day. We needed to be reading God's Word, but not just reading it so that we can tick a box off, but actually reading it so we can allow it to impact our lives. You know, and the book of James, I think it was, talked about how, you know, someone who is a hearer of the Word and a doer is like a man that looks in a mirror and sees his face, but then goes away and forgets what he looked like. And we talked about how Good Lord, we've only been gone for three minutes. We talked about how it's often like, if, if we could put it in a physical sense, it's like you look in the mirror and, and your hair's a mess, you've got spinach hanging out your teeth, and you know, you've, you've been chewing on the red pen on this side, you've got red ink all up the side of your face, and you're about to go to an important meeting, and you see yourself in the mirror, and you go, oh, I need to change that before I go to this meeting. And then you leave. And you forget that you look like that because you can't see the mirror anymore. You know, and, and what James is saying is he's saying that someone who looks at God's Word but doesn't allow it to change their life is like that. You know, and, and when you see your reflection in the mirror, we should be changing our lives, right? We should be fixing ourselves up, fixing our hair, cleaning our teeth, getting something to get the red ink off the side of our face. Right? Spiritually, it's the same. When we are building a foundation of a life that is consecrated to God, because that's what we're talking about, being consecrated to Jesus, right? And when you're building that foundation, if you are reading God's Word, but you're not allowing it to impact your life. See, this is why obedience to God's Word is important. Because if we don't obey God's Word, we might as well not bother reading it. We might as well not even bother living for God. If we're not going to obey what God's Word tells us, amen? And so God's Word becomes like that mirror. God's Word is that foundation that we can have in our life so that our life can be consecrated to Jesus. We spoke about what consecrated meant. You know, consecrated is 100% dedicated to Jesus, right? Set apart for His purpose. You know, and, and I think sometimes we, we, we think that you know, just because we come to church on a Sunday and tick a box, our lives are consecrated and God doesn't care what we do Monday through to Saturday. But, but if you've been living for God, you know that's not right. You know, our life needs to be dedicated to God every day that we live. Right? Every moment that we're awake, every breath that we take, we need to be thinking, am I honoring God with these actions when I'm at work? Am I honoring God when I'm with my friends at school? Am I honoring God? When I'm in a networking meeting, am I honoring God? Hello? Right? It, it should, that's what consecration is. And we're talking about building that altar of consecration in our life. And it starts with a foundation of reading God's Word. It requires us to read mindfully. And that's why I'm actually, you know, sometimes we, who, who here uses a Bible app to, um, 
you know, follow a reading plan or listen to the Bible audio or something like that, right? I do, right? When I'm driving, sometimes if I'm a bit behind on my reading plan, you know, I'll play it in the car while I'm driving to try and catch up, you know. The problem with that is that sometimes it's very easy to just zone out. When you're reading massive chunks of Scripture, it's easy to just zone out and not really take in what is being said. I think it's actually far more beneficial if you sit down and read just three verses and actually really think about it and think, how does this apply to my life? And, and there's some great devotionals out there and great apps and things like that. So come and see me if you've got any questions about that, and I'll, I'll show you. But, but it requires reading God's Word mindfully. It requires reading God's Word with a receptive heart. And most importantly, it requires applying it to our life. Somebody say amen. amen. So what is the next part of building an altar? If reading your Bible is the foundation, then prayer is essential because prayer fortifies your altar. If I could put it like this, even though, of course, in the Bible they didn't use this, but prayer is like the cement that holds your, your altar together as you build it up. Prayer enables you to fortify your life. And, and many people think prayer is like sending a mental text message to God during times of the day. And that's part of it, right? I do that. You know, if I'm going into an important meeting, I'll often pray, Lord, help me with this, please. Amen. That's about the extent, right? But, you know, it's, it's so much more than just the occasional, hey, Jesus, I need your help with this. Or, hey, Jesus, just letting you know I love you. Hey, Jesus, just checking in to say good day. It's, it's a lot more, it's a lot more than that. And other, other, other times we can think that our habit of prayer is saying a quick blessing, you know, over our meals as we pray. And none of these things are wrong. We should do these things, right? But just because we do these things does not mean we have a prayer life yet. It doesn't mean that it's enough to go, yeah, I've, I've ticked the prayer box, so my altar is going to be good, right? My life is going to be consecrated. Amen. You know, sometimes we think, well, you know, if I show up to the Monday prayer meetings, let me give a quick plug for Monday prayer meeting. Monday prayer meeting tomorrow night. I know it's a public holiday, so some of you won't be working, which means it should be nice and easy to get to prayer meeting, right? <laughs> Seven o'clock here, Monday prayer meeting. But some of us think that just because we come to Monday prayer meeting, well, you know, I'm ticking the prayer box, so, you know, my, my life must be good. You know, I, I, think, I think also we sometimes think that fervent prayer is that, that mental pleading you do, right, before something important. You ever done that before? I used to, so make all the young kids laugh. We've got school going back next week, so we're going to pray for the kids after church this morning. But I remember when I would get into an exam, and, you know, perhaps I hadn't studied as much as I should have. And I'd get to the exam, and I'd say, Dear Jesus. Lord, I need your help, God. And I hear God's voice like, well, you should have studied, kiddo. <laughs> like, yes, God, but please help me, Jesus. That's not fervent prayer. That's desperate prayer. <laughs> right? I, I think we can all be guilty of doing that sometimes. I mean, sometimes the only time we really do get in front of God with something urgent is when something critical is going wrong in our life. Hello? You know, when, when something goes really bad, that's when we're like all of a sudden we find out it's not that hard to pray anymore. We really want to talk to God. But that's not really what fervent prayer is. You know, ongoing conversation with God throughout the day is part 
of a lifestyle of prayer. But altar building prayer, prayer that builds your consecration to God, is much more than just praying over your meal when people are watching. Altar building prayer is more than, say, even just reciting the Lord's Prayer. Amen. Altar building prayer is more than sprouting off worn phrases. And how often, I might talk about this a little bit, but how often do you find yourself in ruts? Hello? Altar building prayer is more than crying out to God when you're worried about what's going to happen when someone finds out something you've done. It's more than that. These type of prayers have their place, but they are not altar building prayers. They are not viable substitutes for a lifestyle of prayer. By themselves, they will not bring focus and clarity to our life. And by themselves, they will only build a flimsy altar. Now, prayer is communication. Prayer is a conversation. Now, just stop and think for a second. What are some of the ways you communicate with a friend? Who who wants to volunteer for me? Can I get a volunteer? Who's going to be brave? Quick, or I'm going to pick someone. All right, who am I going to pick? Um, oh, okay, Brother Stan, you can come help me. Come, Brother Stan. You know, when I see Brother Stan in the street, how do I interact with him? It's really good to see you. How you been? Been good? What's been happening in your life? Yeah? Where'd you go? You went to Sydney? What were you doing down there? Oh, of course, the conference. That was really good, wasn't it? Yeah, it was great, wasn't it? See, that's a conversation with a friend. Here's the thing. Sometimes I think we approach God like this. Oh, brother Stan, brother Stan, 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 Stan. Oh, Stan, it's good to see you. I love you, Stan. I love you, Stan. I love you, Stan. I love you, Stan. Oh, I love you, Stan. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Stan, 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 Stan. That's not a conversation, right? But how often do we do that? So how are you going? 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 It's not a conversation. And this isn't a conversation either. How are you going, Stan? It's really glad to see you. Let me tell you about my life. Man, my life has been so busy and I've just had so much going on. I went down to Sydney, had a, a conference down there and it was amazing. And, and I, I, you know, I'm wondering, can you help me with this? And why are you helping me with that? I was wondering, you know, could I talk to you about... That's not a conversation. We're just dumping on God, right? Thank you, Brother Stan. (laughs) And this is the problem. We just dump on God. A conversation is always two-way, isn't it? Right? What kind of relationship would you have with anybody if one person did all the talking? Hello? Right? And this is the problem with God. You know, we think that, you know, we just, we've just got to keep talking to God. But there needs to come a moment in our life where we stop and we allow God to communicate with us. Because He wants to. Right? He wants to build a relationship. How do you build a relationship? With conversation. It's how you learn about one another. How do I know that Sister Janie's favorite color is purple? Because we talked about it when we were dating. Right? How do I know that she's Portuguese? Because we talked about it when we were dating. How do I know when her birthday is? How do I know what her favorite restaurant is? How do I know what she likes to do? How do I know what her hopes and her dreams are? Because I talked to her. 
How does she know all of that about me? Because she talks to me. And we have a conversation that is two-way. But here's the problem. So often when we're trying to build that altar, we're too busy telling God stuff and we're not letting Him download into our life. You know, and God is there saying, you know what, my child, I'd like you to fix this and adjust this, but we're too busy going, blah, 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 and we can't hear God's voice because we're not stopping to allow Him to speak into our life. Someone say amen. amen. It's communication. You know, when you talk with a good friend, you don't recite the same words every day for 30 minutes. It's just, it's, just, it's just logical, isn't it? Can you imagine if every morning I got up, rolled over, and said, Good morning, Janie. How are you today? And that's all I said to her for the rest of the day. The next morning, I get up, I roll over, Good morning, Janie. How are you today? And I didn't stop to listen. I didn't really think about what I was saying. She'd get pretty tired of it pretty quickly, wouldn't she? It's the same thing with God. And yet so often we fall into those same repetitive things. You know, we don't maintain strong relationships with our friends by just talking about what we need and what we want all the time. It's the same with God. What kind of friendship do you think you would build with someone? Let me do, it. Let me do another example. You know, I'll pick, on, I'll pick on Brother Stan and Sam again. Come on, guys, come over here. Look at this. You know what? I see, I see this happen a lot in networking meetings of all places, right? Look at this, okay? I'm talking with Stan. I'll start with Sam. Sam. I should have picked someone else. Sam, Stan. Hi, Sam. How are you? Good to see you, man. Oh, g'day, Stan. How are you, man? Yeah, it's been, how you been? What's been happening? You know? And, and this is what we do with God, right? God's there. He's wanting to talk to us. We're too busy doing school, work, life, whatever. And God is there saying, hey, can I talk to you? Yeah, hey, God, how are you? So what's you been up to? And, and, and we think, oh we've, communi- oh, we've communicated with God today. Thanks, guys. You see what I mean? These are examples of ways that, that we talk to God. And then we wonder why, you know, in those moments of crisis when we're like, God, I need you. He's like, okay, well, have you fixed up everything I told you to fix up in your life yet? Huh? What? You told me to change that? You told me to adjust that? Yeah, didn't you hear me when I was talking to you? Didn't you read that in God's Word? See what I mean? It's, it's interesting, isn't it? See, we want Jesus to be our friend. Amen? Okay, that's about 50% of us. The rest of you? We want Jesus to be our friend. Yes? Amen. We, we, we expect Him to be there for us. Whenever we need Him, we expect Him to be on our, on a, at our beck and our call. You know, whenever we breathe His name, we expect Him to be there. And, and the good thing is that He does. And we expect Him to fulfill that part of the relationship. But many times, we do little to actually nurture that relationship ourselves. So effective prayer is key to building that altar of consecration in your life. Actually praying and listening. Praying and listening, talking to God and allowing Him to speak into your heart. Amen. Now, it's important to understand that because prayer is a conversation, right? You don't have to get all the right words because God builds a relationship with you right where you're at. Now, see, I have a very different conversation with Jonathan than I do with my boss at work. 
But communication is happening. I speak to both of them. They both speak to me. But there's different words and different terms and things that I use that my boss understands, but Jonathan would have no clue, right? And so it is when we first come to God and we're beginning to build that relationship, there's, there's often a worry of, well, what do I say to God? He's God, right? What are, what are the right words? So here's the thing. There is no right words to say. There is no wrong words to say. You just talk to God in however you feel to talk to God. Talk to God just like you would talk to a friend. Talk to God just like you'd talk to someone you meet on the street if you want. However you want to talk to God, that's okay as long as you are talking to God and you are listening to His response. Because God will be able to communicate with you on a level that you understand. Amen? Amen. It's true. And so what that means is that really it's up to us. We can choose how far we want our relationship with Jesus to go. God's there. He's waiting. He's ready to build a relationship as deep as we want it to go. But it requires us to be willing to put in the investment and the time. Amen. Praise the Lord. So let's move on this morning. If you've got your Bibles, go to Matthew chapter 6 with me. talking about happy new you we're talking about starting off this year right starting off this year to kick off a year of growth not just in our church but in but in our hearts as well amen Matthew chapter 6 verse 33 very common passage of scripture say amen when you're there says, but seek ye first, everyone say first, the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. And in Philippians chapter 1, why don't we all turn there. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. All these things shall be added unto you. Philippians chapter 1, verse 6. says, Being confident of this very thing, that he which has begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. The other part of building an altar in your life, the other part of being consecrated and dedicated to God, the other part of ensuring that you start 2020 on the right foot and and you're going to finish it victorious, the other part of this is making sure that we have our priorities right. Everyone say priorities. You ever heard that expression that it's easy to start a project and finish it? You know, there's a, um, you know, a country that I'm fascinated with, possibly because there's no missionaries over there and it's so closed off, is the country of North Korea. And in North Korea, there is a massive hotel 
in the middle of Pyongyang, and it's never been finished. It dwarfs every single building around it. It's a massive triangle shape. I can't think of what it's called right now, but it's never been finished. And they started it with great hope and expectation, but eventually it just ended up not happening. You know? and, and, and isn't that true in life that often we, we try, and, try and start a project, but we never quite get it finished? You know, I'm sure every single one of us can think of times when we started something with great excitement and passion and here we go, we're going to make it happen. And then you know, the energy dwindled and things happened and life happened and then all of a sudden it's kind of like sitting there half completed. Amen. So talking about priorities, it's important that as we begin this year 2020 that we go with purpose and direction following God's will. And if your priorities are in order, Jesus' will and direction for your life will often fall into place. What's your idea of a perfect year? Anyone? What does a perfect year look like for you? Okay, I'll tell you some of mine. I think a perfect year would be a very trouble-free move into a new building that we find for our church. That would be perfect. And uh, what would also be perfect is if some businessman rang me up and said, hey, we heard you're moving to a new building. Here's a check for $3 million. You can renovate or buy or do whatever. That'd be amazing. Yeah, that'd be perfect, right? You know, in my job, a perfect year for me would be to, to, you know, to win more schools and to meet my budget every single month and do all these kind of things, you know. But, but sometimes life happens, doesn't it? Like last year, for example... In March, on my way to Connect Group, someone pulled in front of me, right? I wasn't expecting it, didn't want it to happen, but I was in a car wreck, right? And sometimes these things, these things happen, and they're out of our control, right? Sometimes they're good. Sometimes they're bad. But regardless of what this year is going to hold for us as a church and for you as an individual, this can be the best year of your life in all the ways that counts, Right? And so we've got to try and work out, well, how do I organize our priorities? Here's the first thing we need to know. Everything in this world is temporal. Now, what do I mean by temporal? Temporal means that it's bound by time or it has a time limit. Everything you see around you is temporal, Right? It had a point in time where it was created, and it'll have a point in time where it will not be fit for purpose anymore. Even you are temporal. Your body is temporal. It will not last forever, your body. Your soul will. That's eternal. Amen. You know, have you ever thought about what people are going to say about you at your funeral? It's really morbid, isn't it? Anyone? Yeah? Yeah, I thought about it too. It's actually really confronting to do that. And it often reorientates your life and helps you understand your priorities a bit better. For example, when you are at your own funeral, no one's going to get up and say, Oh, yes, he was such a rich man. He had so much money. It was amazing. No one's going to get up and say, You know, Jason... Man, he had a nice car. That was a really great car he was driving. Especially the one I crashed. 
No one's going to get up and talk about, oh, you know, his, the, the place where he worked. Man, that was a great place to work. No one's going to talk about these things. Why? Because they're temporal. What they talk about is the relationships you had, the impact you had on people's lives as a person. Right? That's the kind of things they talk about. You know, and prestige and popularity really don't matter as you slip from this world into the next. You know, we, put, we put a lot of stock on intelligence. Intelligence is great, but I don't care how intelligent you are. One day, you're going to pass away. Amen? It's just going to happen. Everything around us is temporal. And so the things that have eternal value... Now, eternal is something that's not bound by time. Things that have eternal value are often considered less glamorous. Things like spiritual wealth. How close was your relationship with Jesus? How close was your relationship with your family, your friends, the people around you? Right? And, and I know sometimes those things can fall apart through to no fault of our own. I get that. right? So I'm not suggesting you need to go out and Try and mend every single bridge if it's beyond your ability. Okay, don't get me wrong. Right? But, but these are the things that have eternal value. Right? When I get to heaven, Jesus isn't going to care what kind of car I drove. He's going to care how many people made it to heaven because they heard me preach the gospel. And that's what's going to matter because they're going to be the ones that are there. My Toyota won't be there. Right? Eternal value. Eternal value. Right? We're talking about priorities. You know, wisdom in spiritual things, right? These are the things that matter. Now, by the world standards, this year could be the absolute best year ever for you. You know, for those of you who are young and looking around, maybe Prince Charming will start in your school this year. Maybe he'll do a uni course with you. Or maybe it's her. You know, maybe it'll be perfect. Maybe a, maybe, maybe a rich relative that you didn't know you had dies this year and leaves you millions and millions of dollars. What a perfect year. Just putting out there for any rich relatives I have that are listening to the podcast, you know, don't forget to poor old Jason over here. You can leave me some of that money. Right? Wouldn't that be perfect? Right? For you young people, maybe some producer is going to stumble on your TikTok video. And go, wow, you're incredible. I want to make you a star. <laughs> and all you young people are like, man, I didn't even know Pastor knew about TikTok. Well, I keep up with things. <laughs> you know, amazing things could happen to you over these 12 months. Yet what have we really gained at the end of the year if we find ourselves still discontented? Still unsettled. Still restless. Still bitter over what someone did to us. Still locked in addictions and things we just can't quite be. What if we get to the end of the year and we find that we're still far away from God? You know, there's nothing wrong with enjoying good things. Don't get me wrong. You know, I had a meeting um, earlier this week out at Westco Motors and you know, the, the guy who we were meeting with, he was running a little bit late, so I got to go around and look at the new Volkswagens and the new Mazdas. And Man, I'm a sucker for a new car. I love new cars, right? They're just amazing. And there's nothing wrong with loving good things, right, and enjoying good things. But we must learn to manage our priorities. Look at this, Matthew chapter 16. 
Matthew chapter 16, let's read verse 23. Everyone say amen when you're with me. It says, But he turned and said unto Peter, he being Jesus, Get thee behind me, Satan. Now, I don't know about you, but if someone looked at me and called me Satan, I'd start paying attention. Right? So Jesus turns to Peter and says, Get behind me, Satan. Thou art an offense unto me. Man, Jesus is really pulling out the baseball bat here, isn't he? You are an offense to me. Why? Because you savorest not the things that be of God, but those that are of men. Or in other words, he's saying, Peter, your priorities are wrong. See, Jesus has just, you know, been conversing with the disciples about, you know, who do, who do men say that I am? backwards and forwards but Peter says you are the Christ the son of the living God right that's an amazing revelation and Jesus turns around and says you are Peter and upon this rock not Peter upon the revelation of who Jesus was I will build my church and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it right so Peter's like yeah I'm I'm on fire I got the spirit I'm ready to move and then Jesus turns around and says "No, no no you got it wrong get behind me Satan you know, and and we, can, we can get caught up sometimes and not realize that our priorities are wrong in life. You know, Jesus said in verse 26 of Matthew 16, just a few verses on. He says, For what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? You know, life goals are good. I'm all, I'm all big on setting life goals. I set myself goals each year, right, that I want to achieve and I work towards them. And then after church, of course, we're having a planning meeting as well for those people who are involved in that. And, and we're going to be setting goals and we're going to be setting plans. And, and these are good, right? They're really good. And there's nothing wrong with setting goals. There's nothing wrong with spending hours studying so you can stay at the top of your class for you kids going back to school. There's nothing wrong with getting a good job that pays you lots of money. That's great. I want a job that pays me lots of money, right? There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with having tons of friends. There's nothing wrong with being popular. But we should make the most of our lives spiritually and make sure that our priorities are right and we should live our lives wholeheartedly. I'm going to finish up with these two scriptures. Look at this. Ecclesiastes chapter 9. Psalms, Proverbs, then Ecclesiastes. Say amen when you're there. It says, Whatsoever thy hand findeth to do. Chapter 9. Ecclesiastes chapter 9, verse 10. Whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, do it with thy might. For there is no work, nor device, nor knowledge, nor wisdom in the grave where thou goest. That's what the preacher said in Ecclesiastes. Look at this, last scripture. Colossians. 
chapter 3 and verse 17. You want to say amen when you're there? It says, And whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. We have to keep our life in proper perspective, amen. Our greatest goals should center on who we are in Christ. Our dreams should have the ultimate goal of honoring Jesus Christ. And here's the thing. When we are busy chasing materialism, when we are busy chasing popularity, when we are busy chasing all these other selfish ambitions that we come up with, we are not going to be able to sense God's direction and God's will for our life. Amen. Praise the Lord. Why don't we all stand this morning? I think we'll leave it there. Why don't you just close your eyes, let's bow our heads. Let's just talk to the Lord together. Hallelujah, Jesus.